Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. I'm here with Timmy this week. Eric is out. He is, what's he down in Daytona, Timmy? What's he doing down there? Do you know? Uh, I didn't get the full skinny from him, but he's otherwise indisposed. So we're going to carry on without him. Yeah, indeed. Because you were indisposed last week with holiday stuff going on. Did you get like way too much turkey and ham and all the good stuff? I've got like 20 pounds of ham in my refrigerator I'm still chewing on, so. <laughs> nice. I don't have any leftovers from Christmas. Crazy. I didn't like, nobody likes me. I guess I'm just like Cousin Eddie. Nobody's giving me any leftovers, just the neck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, this is going to be our playoff episode. We It's going to be a relatively short episode because uh, it's currently uh, Monday, December 27th, and we're going to go ahead and just do a quick playoff preview. Looking over Georgia, Michigan, and Alabama, Cincinnati, we will recap all our bowl picks and stuff like that next week. So, uh, Tim, I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, Georgia, Michigan. Let's talk about them first. Uh, Georgia and Michigan, the current line is Georgia minus 7.5. The total is 44.5. Now, I, well, I'm going to let you go first. Like, give me your skinny on this game. Just like what, one, like, don't tell me who you think is going to win yet, but, like, what do you think is the two, like, or the one biggest thing for each team that they've got to do to at least, like, be successful or have a chance? So I think we've said this before about these two teams, but they're kind of like mirror images of each other, right? You know, they both rely heavily on their defense um, to make plays and to stymie the other team. And then on offense, you know, they can throw the ball around a little bit and keep it, you know, mixed up a little bit, but for the most part they rely heavily on the run. What it comes down to for me is Georgia has better skill than Michigan does, um, and I think better coaching. So it's just gonna be a matter of which team does what they do best the best, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, that does. And Looking at like okay, you said these two teams are a mirror image of each other. They are, but it, it they do have like Georgia is a little bit superior. I mean, Michigan does have a really good defense, and you know I think in a normal season, 
like I would give Georgia a bigger nod with these kind of differences in numbers, like points per game, nine and a half to 16 for Michigan. Yards passing, Georgia's allowed, or sorry, Georgia's got whatever, 20 yards difference. Yards rushing, it's about 25 less. So, like you say, mirror images, but Georgia had a pretty weak schedule this year, man. Like, pretty weak before they played Bama. So, a lot of these numbers, outside of beating a really good, like, nine-win Kentucky team and beating up on a, you know, good Arkansas team, I just don't, I don't think the numbers really tell the story. Like, I think Michigan's going to look at what Alabama did to Georgia and try to kind of play that similar playbook. But to me, the biggest question here, and I don't know what you think about this, but like Kirby Smart, like like if you ask a Georgia fan, the MO is like he won't adapt. You know, he Right, he, right. He won't he'll he's stubborn, he's gonna stick in his ways and all that. And I it makes me wonder if Michigan runs that same defensive playbook Alabama did. I, I don't know. I mean it's kinda Well like I mean you have to, right? Uh, the tough part is, is we've never seen Harbaugh in these circumstances. So we really don't know how he's going to react. Is he going to do the smart thing and try to take a philosophy from Alabama that worked well and apply it to his team? Or is he just going to go completely out in left field and try something different? Well, I think he's bit like, it's weird because we're not talking college football, but if you're talking big football games, I mean, he's more seasoned than smart is i mean the guy went to a fucking super bowl <laughs> you know well, no, I, I agree with that so it's not like, like i said it it's not like he's on a it, stage that scares him i guess no no no. i'm not saying he's scared but like i said it, it it's different in this college game um you know because you don't get to see you know a lot of tape on these teams you don't play them you know potentially in the regular season like you do in the nfl so He's, he's probably looking at Georgia tape for the first time in his life, you know. So what does he do with that? And and I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you look at uh, average rushing yards allowed for Georgia, 81. Average allowed for Michigan, 121. So, I, I mean, they, I got to believe that Michigan's going to stack the box and try to make Bennett beat them. Like, you, I mean, you have to do that to beat Georgia. I, I just don't. The only team that did it this year and was successful at it was Bama. And that, you know, it, it really wasn't that all that close of a game. We just got our ass totally kicked. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually more interested to see the Michigan offense match up with the Georgia defense. Um, oh, man, I don't, know, I don't know how much ground they're going to gain. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, the only thing that I can look at is, you know, Georgia's strength is obviously on the defensive front. And, you know, just cherry picking stats here, you know, Michigan statistically had one of the best offensive lines in the Big Ten. You know, in 13 games, they only gave up 10 sacks. And I think that's that's pretty damn good. So it lets you know that those guys up front aren't just there to get bullied around like they came to play ball. And I'm interested to see how they stack up with those boys over there in Georgia. Yeah. And it's not like Michigan played a bunch of slouch offensive lines and defensive lines. I mean, the Big Ten is loaded with good offensive lines. So, you know, it's a power running game kind of conference. So, I I don't know. that It's a good point. But, like you said, they're they're mirrors of each other. I I feel like this game boils down to one thing. Which quarterback is going to make the least amount of mistakes? Yeah, I agree with that. And flip a coin because Cade McNamara, he's just as prone to make mistakes, you know, 
it's just I can't make a decision one way or the other on how this game's going to go, but we'll get to that in a minute, I guess. But they're they're just so similar. It's it's very difficult. All right. Well, just talking about it in general, I think we both agree that they're kind of mirrors of each other and it's just going to be who wins the turnover battle, who wins the battle in the trenches, kind of a three yards and a cloud of dust kind of game. This total being at 44, am I crazy to think it's way too high and I should bet the under? I think that would be the safe play. I like the under in this game. Yeah, I mean, two of the best defenses in the nation and two, in my opinion, mediocre offenses. Right. You know, neither neither offense is, you know, known for lighting up the scoreboard. So the under definitely plays here. And I think that's why you see a, a total of 44. You know, they got to make you think about it a little bit. But Yeah, because, I mean, these these teams, they average 39 and 37 points a game. So, yeah, technically they do light up the scoreboard, but that's not against each other. <laughs> right. Know? And, you know, that that's, you know, taking, you know, far inferior competition into account. Right. You know, when you play the Biff State universities of the world and you hang 50 on them, you know, that skews your stats for the year. Yeah. You're not, you're not facing an elite defense on the other side. I, I don't think there's any chance in hell that either team scores 37 points. I, I don't know. That would be a severe, you know, skew one way or the other. Like, Something bad happened to somebody else, injury-wise or something. I mean, let's talk about who we think is going to win. Ultimately, I think Georgia wins the game. But I will say this before I go to into why. I could see an, a, a direction where Michigan wins, and that's if they create a turnover or make something happen early. Like if they – I don't think they're going to get the ball and just drive it down Georgia's throat and score. But, you know, if Georgia fumbles a punt – if they throw a pick six, if they something in Michigan gets some momentum, it's like you've said in the past, Georgia is not a team that is built to play from behind. Right. I do think Georgia wins the game because I think they're just better talent-wise. I think Michigan's really good. They've got a lot of talent, but defense, man, they just, I don't know. I mean, offensively and defensively, I think Georgia's probably got a little bit more skill talent, like you said. So that they would be my pick. I would not pick them to cover. I mean, do you disagree with any of that? Uh, I don't disagree with anything you said, but for the purposes of picks, I'm actually going to take Michigan in this game mm. uh, to win outright. Oh, shit. You kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. I think it kind of goes back to that formula that you were talking about, and that was the same formula they had against Ohio State. You know, they got early momentum, and they hung on to it, and, you know, they used that to – build a lead and just, you know, pound on it. And I, I see a scenario where that happens in this game. It could. And I think a lot of the Ohio State game, I think the, you know, the weather kind of helped them out a little bit too. You know, occasional snow flurries, you know, really fucking cold like that. That doesn't bode well for like a, you know, high flying type of team. It bodes more better for like a, you know, three yards in a cloud of snow <laughs> kind of team. True, true. So you're going to pick Michigan, I mean, just just for the purpose of to be against me like and be against Eric? No, no <laughs> just because I genuinely think that they have a better chance to win this game. I think that, that Michigan's playing with house money. You know what I mean? They don't have anything to lose. Harbaugh is Harbaugh, and <laughs> I don't know if I want to go down that road, but 
Georgia, you know, they might be a little bit stiff coming out, I think. And that could play against them. This conversation's going nowhere. <laughs> I feel like Georgia's pissed off and they got something to prove. They got their ass ha- asses handed to them in the SEC championship. You could take that one or two ways, but listening to like Kirby Smart's pregame speeches and stuff, he's like, guys, this is our fucking year. That may have happened, but that shit don't matter because we still got two games left to play. And I don't know. I, I don't see a situation where either team comes out flat. I don't, I don't see that. I think it's just going to be a like a straight, you know, the old, the old, what's, what do you call it? The old slobber knocker type game. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's just kind of what I see in this matchup. But I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong and the final score is 50 to 49. What do I know? You know? Yeah. Who, who the hell knows? <sighs> Not me, apparently, based on my against the spread record this year. But that's why they do what I like them to do and play it out on the field. <laughs> there you go again with your, oh, we should expand there, and let there we play. Go. Yeah, no, we're not having the fucking playoff argument. In the, <laughs> this may be the playoff episode, but we're not having the expansion argument right now. So, all right. Well, so we got that in. You're taking Michigan at plus seven and a half, and you're going to pick them to win outright. So you're on the, let's see. What's the money line there? Ooh, baby, plus 236 on the money line. So, ooh, good for you. Georgia's minus 310 on the money line. Yikes. So, yeah. ooh, man. Scared money don't make money. Nope. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, was, I, I wouldn't touch either. I wouldn't touch the spread. I, I would bet the under if it's me. I, I, I like a, you know, 24 to 17 at the most type game. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's more like a you know, 20 to 10 final type game. I, I don't know. I just think both defenses are elite. So give me the under and you're taking them out, right? And before I move on, I do want to put up here. Let's see, because Eric left me a little bit on this game. He said from him, it simply comes down to which quarterback can avoid the backbreaking mistake. I like Georgia to win, but Michigan to cover. And that is seven and a half. So he's kind of right there with both of us. Yeah, his take is pretty much right there the same. So, all right. Before I move on, since, uh, you know, we do have a hockey fan on this podcast, apparently. We can now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that still, like, considered your primary sport? Would you consider hockey your primary sport? I would say so. Mm. Are the pins any good this year? Well, you should know that. Yeah, they're holding their own, man. They just had a nice little six- Six, seven game win streak. Mm. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a single game this year yet. Well, it's calendar's turned in January week, man. It's regular season's just heating up. So, oh, well, never, never too late to tune in. <laughs> Indeed. And it's never too late to, uh, you know, get in on some uh, action with our corporate sponsor here, which I'm going to take a second to tell you guys about it. It's uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. So, Uh, anybody who, you know, like I said a couple of weeks ago, if you like college football and you like violence, then, uh, yeah, feel free to watch some hockey because it's violent and fun to watch. But, uh, if you're a new customer, you can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets. If either team scores, there's no ties in hockey. They got rid of those in like 2005. If sports book isn't available in your state, don't worry. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. 
Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Well, Tim, since we've got that out of the way and uh, we've determined that the pins are holding their own and uh, Michigan's going to lose, we can move. Okay. We, <laughs> we can move forward to the other game in the playoffs and uh, talk about it a little bit. Uh, the Cotton Bowl, uh, Alabama and Cincinnati. The current line is Bama minus thirteen and a half. The total is fifty. Oof. <laughs> yeah, oofta. <laughs> and the total is fifty-seven and a half. So give it to me. Give me your. Give me your like keys to this game here. Um. Well, the key to the game. Um, from a Cincinnati perspective is they're going to have to play perfect. Everything's going to have to break in their favor for them to uh, hang with Alabama to make it competitive. I really don't see a scenario where Cincinnati wins the game. I could be talked into them keeping it closer than 13 and a half, but I don't really see them keeping it you know, close to within three, four points. I think Alabama's, you know, definitely a one-score favorite in this game. But Alabama's just way too talented um, on both sides of the ball, and I think you got to see that against Georgia. You know, Cincinnati just hasn't played this caliber of opponent this year, and I don't think they have the skill uh, to compete with Alabama. Well, before we came on this podcast, we had a conversation about how I do take this seriously. You know, we all know that we don't take ourselves too seriously on this show. We kind of, before we started this show, we all agreed to that. Like, we're not going to take ourselves too seriously, but Alabama fatigue is a real thing. And I don't like sitting here talking about Alabama and how fucking great they are because no one wants to hear that, you know, period. I mean, everybody, like, look at what happens on the field. That's all you need to really see. So that being said, I was going to come on here and try to find some negatives about Alabama and just... You know, look at what Cincinnati's done and like try to find ways to give them a chance in this game and all of the above, right? But looking at it, man, I just don't see it. I don't see how they can remain competitive with them for four quarters. Like if Alabama plays a terrible game and comes out and makes a ton of mistakes or they come out and have an injury, Bryce Young gets hurt, something along those lines. Like if, if Young goes down, Cincinnati has a chance to win. But after watching what Bryce Young did to Georgia's defense, I just don't, like, I feel sorry for Cincinnati's defense right now. Well, I mean, the only thing Cincinnati has for them in that respect is I think they have a much better secondary than Georgia does. So, I mean, do they, though? Do they really, though? I mean, I know they have have a good corner who, you know, is projected to be a first-round draft pick. But Georgia has got first-round draft picks all over their defense. Yeah, but I think we all agreed that the weakness of Georgia was in their secondary, and they did not play very well against Alabama specifically. You know, just objectively, I think Cincinnati has a better secondary to match up with Alabama than Georgia does, but I don't know that they have much else. Well, and that is what I was going to say, is yes, they may have a better like matchup, you know, secondary-wise because of the talent they have at corner, but... If you can't get to the quarterback, it doesn't fucking matter how good your secondary is. Somebody's going to get open. Yeah, right. I mean, right. <laughs> like, they don't have anybody 
along the defensive line or in the linebacking core that just scares you to death. Like, they don't have that guy. So, I, I don't know, man. I just don't see a way. Like, I, you know, their offensive line, I could, I could hear an argument where they're going to put up some points. And I think they will. I do think they score some points. You know, I like the, I kind of like the over in this 57 and a half. You know, it wouldn't shock me to see Cincinnati put up 24, 28, maybe 30. You know, who knows? But I don't see a scenario where they can stop Alabama. I just don't. I don't, I don't know. I mean, their average, average rushing yards allowed 137 per game in that fucking garbage conference they play in. I feel strong about this now, really strong. Yeah, I don't think Cincinnati's going to get outright embarrassed, you know, but like you said, I could definitely see a scenario where they, you know, get a, a respectable showing, score 24, 28 points, but Alabama just has 10, 14 points more than them. You know what I mean? See, this this has got like 2020 SEC championship written all over it to me, like 60 to 40 type stuff you know i mean like i'm like i i don't think there's any way they hold alabama under 40 points i don't think that's going to happen i think they score 40 and i you know i don't know how many points cincinnati can put up but just looking at the talent they've got on defense and the depth is the big issue the depth because alabama's not a three yards in a cloud of dust team anymore man they're a no you know they're a fast-paced fast-moving team now and they're calling plays at the line and it's just (laughs) like I mean, we saw it all year long. It's not what it used to be. So I don't know, man. I think 13 and a half. Alabama's not really been all that great at covering spreads this year. But if if you're Nick Saban and you're looking at your team, you're telling them, okay, well, these guys believe they can play with you and beat you. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. If this game was being played in like week four, week five, and you know, Alabama, we've seen this year, has been prone to lay an egg here or there. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be talked into Cincinnati with the upset, you know, but not in a playoff game. You know, Nick Saban's been here, done that more times than anybody can even think of. And he's going to have those kids ready to play, and their talent just outclasses them by a lot. Yeah, and average margin of victory in semifinal games for Alabama is like three scores. <laughs> so... I don't see this being any different. I mean, Cincinnati went toe-to-toe with Notre Dame this year, beat them. You know, Alabama just destroyed Notre Dame last year. And I think Notre Dame was better last year than they are this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I don't know, man. I just – I know I've hated on Cincinnati all year long. I know that. And I know they said they don't deserve to be there, and I still don't think they do. But if they go out and play a good game, then I will stand on this podcast and be like, hey, I was fucking wrong, you know, but if they go out and get embarrassed, then I think it's the end of the group of five in the playoff conversation. Am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong if they just go out and completely get obliterated, but I don't, I don't think that happens. I, I, I think they acquit themselves, you know, in this game, but like I said, it's going to be one of those scenarios where they have a decent showing, but at the end of the day, the talent prevails and, you know, 10, 14, 17 points is the margin of victory. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, man. It's it's going to be interesting. Got the Heisman winner at QB. Whew, Desmond Ritter, biggest game of his life. So we'll see what happens there. I, the only like the, the only thing that gives me pause about this is kind of the same thing that I said at the beginning. Like if Bryce Young were to go down with an injury early. Like Alabama's in trouble. 
Yeah, for sure. But you could say that about any team in any situation. You right. Know what I mean? And looking at that, like the only chance Cincinnati has to win this game is if they play a Texas A&M-esque type game where, you know, Calzada just played out of his mind. And right. We've seen Desmond Ritter all year, like, be really good. You know, 30 touchdowns to eight picks, you know, 3,200 yards passing, all that kind of stuff. Like, he's going to have to play lights out, out of his mind. They're going to have to throw the playbook in Alabama, and it just – they're going to have to hope yeah, – It's that, like I said earlier, they have to play perfect. Yeah, yeah, they have to play perfect, and they have to hope that Alabama makes some mistakes. And you can't – and the thing about this that gives me – like just makes me feel sorry for Cincinnati is you, like you can't stack the box against Alabama. You just can't. <laughs> like, no, because they'll make you pay for it on the back end. Right. So, I mean, if you, what are you going to do? Like you already give up 137 yards a game on average against trash teams. And what are you going to do? You're going to stack the box against Bama and let Jameson Williams burn you all day? I, I don't. I don't know, man. It's not a homer take, but I think they destroy Cincinnati. I think it's a three to four touchdown game. That's just what I feel in my bones. I don't know. You kidding me? Oh, man. Picking them to beat the brakes off. (laughs) Like I say, I hate doing that because I do take this somewhat seriously and I don't want to sound like a giant fucking homer, but. Well, I don't think you sound like a homer in this instance because I think the money coming in on them probably backs you up on that one well and also well yeah by the yeah for for you listeners wondering what he's talking about the current percentage of money that is on alabama and vegas is 92 percent. so um but i like i i do hope it's a good game i really do like i don't want to see alabama go out there and just beat them 50 to 7 because then it's like, okay, well, you're out of your mind. No, listen, like, like <laughs> would I laugh about it? Absolutely. I would be like, see, now, then, you know, cue the. All your Alabama fans are calling in the show right now. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> cue the. You want a good game? Get the fuck out of here. Give him the hook. Well, like, listen, if, you know, if that happens, you know, you can cue the Nick Saban, so who was right soundbite. Yeah. You know? So who was right? For all of the talk that we are forced to fucking listen to all throughout the year about Cincinnati and UCF or Boise or whoever the fuck it might be that year. Like, I hope that Cincinnati comes in and actually like gives a good showing, you know, so we can end the conversation one way or another. Like, I don't want like a 31 to 10 game. I don't, I don't want that because then we're going to... It's just going to be more of the same conversation, 31-17, something like that, you know, like, or Cincinnati barely covers the spread. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see either 60-7 to seven or, you know, 56-49. to 49. <laughs> like, Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I get you. So, I, either way, I hope it answers the argument. That's all I care about. Like, in that regard. Yeah. Do I want to see Alabama win? Of course. I'm an Alabama fan. That goes without saying. I don't even have to say it. But I just hope it's a good game that either answers the question one way or another. If it's 60 to 7, I'll laugh about it and troll Cincinnati fans and tell them they <laughs> suck and whatever. But if it's a great game, I'll be like, well, shit, Cincinnati's for real. And, you know, I'm not going to argue if group of five teams are in so much. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is what Cincinnati, I think, is like two and four in their bowl games the last six years. So 
I think we've seen what they do in the regular season and then what they do against a you know higher-end opponent in a bowl game. So we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. But I think that's going to wrap us up on playoff previews, man, and that's going to be our last show of this year. It's been a good year, man, 2021. I, I don't think I'm way off the rails here to say this has been probably the craziest year of college football in the last 10 to 15. Oh, absolutely. I would say since 2007. Like 2007 when you had, you know, two two-loss teams in the national championship. <laughs> like like yeah. like that was a crazy season. And this is about as crazy as I can remember since then. The only thing that I fucking pray that doesn't happen is that some kind of co- the Michigan Cincinnati college football national championship. No, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to okay, you want to throw some shade. That's fine. No, but you know, if that happens, hey, whatever. You can go ahead and fucking crown Cincinnati, you know, national champs because Harbaugh will choke. You know, if it's <laughs> Alabama, he's got a chance to win. But, you know, like he'll come out and give a good showing. But if it's Cincinnati, no chance. He chokes. He loses and probably keeps his job anyway. But, but no, I, I, I can't remember one this nuts in recent memory. So it's been enjoyable for sure. And, you know, we would like to thank our corporate sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, and we would like to thank our listeners for tuning in every week. We really appreciate you. Uh, and you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. And we will be back with you next week. I'm not sure what day yet. It'll probably be towards the end of the week. We'll give you our uh, post playoff and post bowl, you know, thoughts and pickums, and then we'll look at the national title game and. We'll, uh, you know, start working up to that, man. Season's coming to a close, dude. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, we'll be back with you next week. See you then. Thank you very much. Have a great day.